Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Happy Wednesday. Really glad with our new Wednesday night spot here on Tech Vibe Radio. It's a great night to be on the air. We love bringing you all the stories happening from Pittsburgh's technology sector. Usually I'm joined by my co-host and our boss here at the Pittsburgh Tech Council, Audrey Russo. It is summer. People are on vacations. She's doing just such. And so I'll be uh, kind of manning the show myself here tonight. Actually, tonight's show is going to be really interesting because it's a whole collection of interviews that we've done over the past summer. Um, you know, normally during the summer, we are out with Huntington Bank doing our Tech 5 neighborhood tour. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that we've been out in Wexford. We've been out in Squirrel Hill. We've been down in RID. DC's new Mill 19, bringing interviews on the scene. As we're doing all those interviews, we've had a bunch of other interviews kind of back up behind us. So we had some great folks that we've talked to over the summer that we're going to let you listen to tonight. Some really cool folks that I'm excited for you guys to, to hang out with. First and foremost, Audrey and I got to uh, talk with um, Allegheny Health Network with our new Healthcare Reinvented podcast series. We've got some great information going on there about all things that are really transforming healthcare. And tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about all the different cancer centers that are coming up locally in order to help people get the best treatment they can as close to their home as they possibly can. It's a really great story. It's going to be an ongoing podcast series. So if you go to pghtech.org and go to our Huntington Podcast uh, Studio page, you can start downloading right there as we begin putting more of these important conversations up on the air. And tonight kind of kicks that off for us tonight. So we're really happy about that as far as that goes. Also talked to our good friend, Dimitri Shirey from Deloitte. He's a regular contributor here to Tech Vibe Radio, talking about all things like smart cities and how we're putting all types of uh, internet of things, technology across all types of ecosystems. Dimitri's always got something kind of fun to talk about. He's got great insight. Had a great interview with him earlier this summer as well, too, which we're spinning up tonight. And last but not least, we also have uh, Mary Finger from Seton Hill University. You know, our, our universities are just so important to us. We all know at the end of the day, it's universities that make things tick. And um, they're spinning up some great programs like around cybersecurity and nursing. They work really closely with industry in order to get the, the, the right skills to the right people to get those people into these, you know, all these new positions that are just dying to be filled right now. It's a huge thing. And watching them be able to nimbly create these new positions or these, these new skill sets for these new positions is just really exciting. And it marries just a, a fantastic woman, a dynamo, and has some great information about what's going on in Seton Hill. And also, of course, we have SDLC partners, their hackathon is coming up on September the 21st and 22nd. Talk to Brat Dash, who's leading up that hackathon. He's got a bunch more details on it. In fact, I've got a quick little segment from our interview this summer with him. Check this thing out real quick. We have Brat Dash from SDLC hanging out with us to give us all the details. He's the man on the scene leading up this hackathon. So, Brat, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Jonathan. I truly appreciate giving me this opportunity to talk about this, um, the great opportunity about the STLC hackathon. So this is, like you said, is happening in September 21st and 22nd. Um, And my name is Bharat, and I'm leading this um, uh, show um, and this event at STLC Partners. 
Uh, and this will be happening at our own premises at one PBG place. You need some great offices. Been it there is. many it's times. Cool. It's a fun place to spend the weekend. Definitely. <laughs> Especially when you're solving tough problems using yes. technology, right? Yes, it has great views from, you know, imagine from floor 32nd and you can see the whole Pittsburgh, right? I can see Ohio from there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so this a little bit about the hackathon. So last year we had around 17 teams. Um, we have nearly 70 participants, um, focus, majorly focusing on universities such as CMU, UPIT, Duquesne, um, and then not to forget our SDLC employees. Yeah, so employees um, were in there mixing it up with some of the students, right? Well, That's no, awesome. they, they choose to be like uh, separate and they uh, wanted to compete and figure out like, where I they see. stand with the students, right? Gotcha. Because okay. the students tend to be um, on top of the technology and then you mm-hmm. know, they know all the stuff and figure it out fast. So it was a great war between the students and the boys. I'd figure out like who wins and how. Um, But it was a great event because, um, you know, we just came up with the use cases and um, provided them this use case to work and then create cool products, innovate stuff and uh, figure out solution to given functional, um, you know, design uh, techniques and, you know, use some of the uh, tools and applications. Uh, some yeah. some people figured out right away. Some people did some homework, come prep for the event, and, you know, win the battle. That's what it's all about. Right. What, what, what kind of problems were being hacked over that weekend? Uh, so, hacked. So, there was nothing about, like, hacking stuff, right? Okay. Quote, unquote. It was more about solving problems. I, I use the word hack for solving. <laughs> I always look at it as, like, solving something in a very unique and creative way. I'm like, I hack at something. Not necessarily, yeah. like, 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 breaking in. <laughs> well, some, 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 you know, some people thought, like, oh, is it about, like, hacking stuff? Like, no, no, no. We are not hacking stuff, right? This is not Facebook. We're not doing anything like that, right? <laughs> exactly. Right, right. So, we are just solving a problem, and it could yeah. be a product. It could be okay. just a business case. It could be anything. Right? Gotcha. And we had nearly like six use cases, which we gave them to the participants. So some of them were um, focused on um, healthcare, blockchain, um, robotic process. All automation. the fun stuff. Oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. All the fun so, stuff. Know, all the fun stuff. Um, you know. And not to mention, you don't have to be a coder to join and participate in this event. So I could join in if I want to because I'm not a coder. I was when I was in the seventh grade, <laughs> but that was like 40 years ago. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, you know, the team, somewhere between three to five people, and you need to balance the team between some, you know, cool BAs, uh, PMs, um, some developers for sure who will definitely develop the product if required. If not, then, you know, yourself can be developed with some, you know, uh, tools and technologies that are available uh, online. If you can learn it, and then you just go from there. Right? Excellent. Uh, we do provide the ideas and um, the ideas, and uh, you know some of the technology guidelines, which can help you to alleviate some of the problems, and then you know go from there. Very, very cool. So, so yeah. yeah, how are you going to build on this for this year? So, so 2019, you had a great 2018. You want to make it bigger and better and have more impact. Absolutely. We're trying to make it more scalable, uh, bigger, like you mentioned, and uh, more impactful for the community. So uh, whatever we do, we're trying to give back to the community. So we're helping the students to come and then figure out real-life um, you know, corporate problems. Right. right? Um, whatever they're studying, whatever they're learning from the courses, they can right away implement here. And... They can win stuff, right? So wait, back up. What can we win? I like that. If you can win stuff, all right. I yeah, want to win something. So that's the main part, right? So everyone uh, is I need incentive here to do this. <laughs> so we have cool swags from our sponsors, from STLC. That's free for everyone. Like whoever shows up gets swag. Good stuff. Gotcha. 
And last year, we, you know, the winning team got 2,000 US dollars with that's non-taxable amount. Are you serious? Yeah. That's a chunk of cash right there. That's kind of cool. Thanks to our leaders, right? (laughs) Exactly. Our STLC leaders who help us to, you know, provide the blessing. Like, you know what? Well, that's why STLC is so cool. That's why, I mean, we've been hanging out with STLC forever. I I, I literally watched STLC grow from four people to like the 500 plus it is now. And it's because they do cool things like this hackathon, which really gets the community going. It gets the tech ecosystem pumping. And they know what it takes to make that happen. That's why they do these things like like, like the hackathon. Yeah, can disagree. And I've been with STLT for nearly three and a half years right. now, so I know the journey. And then, you know, and then I'm glad that you know our leaders had the faith on me and then let me run the show. Yeah, were you excited to be able to kind of take on the hackathon? Uh, so this is become, it's going to become your jam. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a great and you know successful event last year with, like I said, seventy participants showing up, full pack house, um, you know, food, free food, free registration. Um, you know, and then you know the students get to opportunity to meet with other people. I right? think it's the networking you have going oh, on, absolutely. meeting new that's, people, and crunching cool ideas together to come up with yeah. bigger ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's something. You, you should know, do this th- twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no way, dude. <laughs> well, let's see what our partners think about it, right? So, if they want to run the show like this, yeah, Chris why not? And, Chris and Scott <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> you heard it here. The SDLC Hackathon is happening on September the 21st and 22nd. Go to sdlcpartners.com to get more details. This is Jonathan Kirsten with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Keep your dial tuned right here for more Tech Vibe Radio. Learn more about the Tech Council at pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. You were listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight, and we're bringing you this segment from the Huntington Bank Podcast Studio. Audrey, we just got done a few weeks ago putting together our first piece of a podcast series we're doing with Allegheny Health Network. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of this work that we're doing because I think we're telling some really compelling stories about just the capacity and the compassion that's going on in our region when it comes to treating cancer. And uh, I'm just really honored to have these two guys with us today to kind of give a little, a little glimpse as to what you can nerd out on. So if you go to pghtech.org and you click on our podcast studio button, it'll give you access to our podcast studio where we have this new series with AHN spinning up. And uh, it's, it's us going, as you call Audrey, a deep dive into all the things that are kind of going on here. And so I'm excited about this. And we have uh, Drs. Uh, Russell Fuhrer and Jonathan Lee hanging out with us. And you guys, you awesome podca- podcast guests, first of all. We were so glad to talk to you a few weeks ago. Yeah. It was so much fun hanging out with you guys. And thanks for stopping back and talking to us here thanks. on TechVibe tonight. So Great to be back. So quickly, just to let our listeners know just a little bit about you, who is Jonathan Lee? Uh, I'm a surgical oncologist, melanoma skin cancer specialist. I happen to serve as medical director of, I'm sorry, System-wide director of surgical oncology at Allegheny Health Network, and yeah. I oversee their 13 disease sites. And you're a brand-new Pittsburgher. Yes, got here August 1st last year. Love it. We're so glad you're here. Glad you're here. Absolutely, absolutely. Hi, I'm Russell Fuhrer, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a radiation oncologist. I mainly take care of uh, prostate cancer patients uh, as well as uh, brain tumor patients and uh, some other patients. And uh, uh, my, my uh, administrative role is as the system director of uh, clinical operations in radiation oncology, and I oversee quality and safety in the uh, oncology service line. These two gentlemen, yeah. I know, really, we are slackers. Yeah, I'm, I'm a total We here at the Tech Council are slackers, <laughs> but like I'm glad to hear about the both of them and the work that they're doing right here agreed, in our backyard. Agreed, agreed. Absolutely. And, and giving access and making sure that people have actually state-of-the-art care in cancer at a time in people's lives when they're probably most fragile, right. and they're most scared, and uh, they probably don't know 
who to really talk to and how to navigate. So it's been thrilling to be able to have conversations with the both of you. And also having that care right around you. Right. So I mean, it's right here. What's the, what's the area that you cover? Talk about the so actual geographical area. We have facilities area. everywhere from, uh, from obviously Pittsburgh to Erie to Somerset to Steubenville, Ohio. You've got to surround it. Jefferson. With care. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, that's, so that's your quote-unquote like catchment area. That's yeah, great. So you much. can get that care. Almost anywhere. Yes. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, so A10 is really – you've been re- really redefining the quality of care. And that's a big thing for us to talk about in the 10 minutes or so that we have. But the idea is that we really stretched our legs on this at the podcast series. We have about 45 minutes of that discussion. Mm-hmm. But I think we just got to touch on some of the key points as to what you think is really – creating compassionate quality care when it comes to treating cancer. I know, Dr. Lee, you have some really good insights on that. Like, what, what are some of those drivers for you? So, you know, in terms of quality cancer care, how do we define it? I mean, I think we have to go beyond the traditional aspect of what doctors have done traditionally to take care of cancer patients. Right. Diagnose, treat, follow for many, many years. I, I think it does, the dimensionality of the cancer care is such that I think organizations of this magnitude can deliver education and prevention, screening and early detection. We could deliver uh, re- restoration to their pre-cancer status as much as we can, as well as clinical trials and research, in addition to the traditional diagnosis treatment follow-up that we had always done. Right, right. And I think but by combining all these multidimensional like cancer care in a nice little contained package and be able to deliver it to entire network of a large geographic area, I think is a redefinition of cancer care that can really treat the entire cancer journey at an individual level across the large geographic area. And it's right here in our backyard. Yes. And, so, and, the, and that's the thing that I think I really want to reaffirm in the conversations that we have here is our capabilities. And the capabilities are, are here for almost everything. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, we, we can treat pretty much uh, any any uh, oncologic uh, disease, uh, and and 95% can be treated uh, in the patient's community where where cancer center is is located. Um, you know, and th- those treatments are given by you know their our staff who are their neighbors and uh, people in their communities uh, who are you know dedicated to taking care of patients and 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 can make people you know feel comfortable and and uh, uh, and and while they're being uh, treated with uh, with technologies that are absolutely state of the art. Yeah, we talked in our in our deep dive about some of these state of the art strategies. Like, let's let's tease out some of them right now. We want to talk about a little bit about some of the state of the art things that are really accessible right here in right inches from where we're actually recording right now. I think I'll do for that after. Sure. For now, for radiation oncology, the state of the art technology being implemented right now. Would you like to comment on those? Yeah, sure. So you know, so you know, a lot of the technologies that, that we have um, that are that are current are image guided radio radiotherapy, um, radio surgery. Uh, you know, ways of treating lung cancers that are you know in, in four or five days as opposed to uh, five or six weeks, and in technology, wow. and that's happening now throughout okay. the network in, in in most of our our centers. Uh, and then also in the new uh, facility that's opening, the new cancer center that's opening at Allegheny General uh, next year, you know, we're going to have some, you know, great new technologies of uh, MRI-based treatment planning. That's going to uh, be the hub, right? It's going to be the hub. The it's going to have, it's gonna have uh, mm-hmm. the best of the best uh, equipment staff and, 
you know, I'm going to take great care of patients. How so. transformative is that going to be for, like, the north side and the city of Pittsburgh in general to have yeah. that I mean, you're also doing right some really here. great things for yeah. the neighborhood. Absolutely. Yeah. Although right now people mainly are worried about the, you know, we're down to one lane of uh, traffic on uh, North <laughs> Avenue. But uh, there is something good. Oh, a good that investment is so in the future. small. <laughs> Big and great investment so, in the future. We don't uh, care about that. No, no, this is going to be, it's going to be a, a spectacular state-of-the-art uh, cancer center at Allegheny General. I know. So you're contributing to a community, too, which is I, I always try to remind the leadership oh, absolutely. At, absolutely. at uh, the network is that you're really helping to build a neighborhood that has deep legends. I mean, I, we're just learning about it as we've been here for six months. Exactly. But we are learning about what, you know, the legends are, and you're, you're bringing life to it. So we're pretty excited about that as well, just from an economic development, you know, standpoint. So we're thrilled about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to bring staff, technology, expertise, right. patients. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be, uh, be transformative, humming. no question. Yeah. But beyond, uh, beyond radiation oncology, we, we talk about technology and serial technology, how it applies to medicine, right? But technology can manifest in many different formats, right? So there is uh, information technology, such as electronic medical health records that are implemented across the entire network, which enables delivery of uh, patients' medical records and information almost instantaneously. Exactly. Across the right. Area. I've seen the commercials for that. Okay. And I'm always like, right. yes. Okay. And so it's one level of technology. Other level of technology that utilizes multi-site tumor board by using auto-visual technology. So they can all share the, uh, right. the stuff at one time and look at it huge in locations? Right. We just made huge investments in Elegant General Hospital tumor board room to have three screens, sitting mics for audio pickups. And we have multi-screen setups so that patients, remote, not patients, uh, other doctors and remote right. sites could uh, participate remotely using audio, visual, could see their faces, and they could see our screens. Yeah. So and so when you have your review meetings, you can all be there together. It's like you're in the same room together, right? That That's the I, simulation thereof. Very close, the, very uh, close, very idea, close. Idea, <laughs> right? But a lot better than like being on the right. phone, right? <laughs> and the other aspect of technology is robotic technology. We do a lot of robot-based surgeries. Okay, so all these things take you know, all these things add up and work together to provide state-of-the-art care, if you will, based on technology. Right. Uh, it's so such such cool stuff. And that's why I really want to encourage everybody, go to pghtech.org and click on the podcast studio button, and you can nerd out on the uh, the long-form podcast we have, really diving into some of these details of what's going on with AHN these days. And having you guys hanging out with us is just such a treat. The one thing we didn't talk about was brush upon – briefly, uh, is, is the relationship with Johns Hopkins, which we think is really fantastic. It's part of that layers that you have. What's so cool is when you're part of the network, you're in this layer. So as your case moves on, you have access to all types of facilities. Yeah, it's just additive. And one of those being Johns Hopkins being so additive to what you guys are already doing. Maybe give us a little detail on that, Dr. Lee. Yeah, so I would say the collaboration with Johns Hopkins has been quite fruitful uh, bidirectionally. It's multi-layer, I would say, in its nature. Obviously, there is obvious clinical collaboration for second opinion consultation, but most of the resources and robustness of this collaboration comes from collaborative research, as well as a collaboration in developing our genomic facility here at Allegheny Health Network. Great it's, it's a great yeah. partnership and it's a great addition, and it's building on the foundation of capabilities that we're happy to be able to talk about. Yes. 
Absolutely. I just want to remind everybody, if you go to iTunes and if you go over to Google Play, just look for Tech Vibe Radio. And in that umbrella, we have this podcast hanging for you there as well, too. I just want to make sure everybody can get this because, I, like I said, this is one of the, the new formats that we're doing here on Tech Vibe that I think is just so much fun and allows our listeners to really stretch out and learn more about some of this great work that's going on. And we have more of these stories that are going to be coming throughout the year. And we're just so excited to be hanging out with you guys and really putting a light on this great work. Well, thanks. Great yeah. to be here. Pleasure being here. Thank you very much. Audrey, too Thank much you. fun on Tech Vibe Radio. Yeah, serious topic, Definitely. serious capabilities, and still having fun. Absolutely. We're taking a quick break, but we are coming right back with a lot more Tech Vibe, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Lots of good information hanging out for you right there. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're dialed into Tech Vibe Radio. And uh, this this segment is always a lot of fun. We have a regular contributor to Tech Vibe Radio, one Dimitri Shirey from Deloitte. We're always talking about the funnest, coolest things with you, Dimitri. So glad to have you stopping by today. Jonathan, thanks so much for having me back on the show. Really appreciate the opportunity to get back together. Absolutely. You know, we've been talking about all things smart. Last time we talked about smart enterprises and the topics just seem to be endless as to how technology is being applied to just make everything just really efficient and really just, just dialed in. And today we're talking about smart cities. And you've got some great insights on this because Deloitte has got some real depth when it comes to research around what's happening with smart cities. Can't wait to get into this stuff today. Yeah, so Jonathan, just uh, perhaps the level set based yeah, upon definitely. our prior conversation. You know, when we were talking about uh, the smart enterprise, smart factories last time, we really focused on uh, going from digital to physical back right. to digital. In the and I was getting confused. Now, and you straightened me out. Just on those three <laughs> topics alone. But it, you know, it really was focused on not only the shop floor, right. but also creating connective tissue to the back office to create seamless throughput all the way through, not only with respect to you know, the customer experience, but also with respect to the production experience right, as right, well. Right. And when you look at those three of digital to physical to digital, that, those, that same concept truly applies in the context of smart cities as well. The only thing that I would add, though, is that it's augmented in the context of having six principal domains. So when you think about smart cities, yeah. if you're truly going to be a smart city, it's going to take into consideration the economy, of course, environment and energy, government and education living in health, mobility, and safety and security. I'm glad you bring these points up because typically when I think of smart cities, I'm just thinking about mobility. I'm thinking about time traffic lights and cars being able to get through and not clog things up. But you just mentioned there's five other things around that. There, there is. And I, I would agree with you that I do think there is a tendency for individuals to default to autonomous vehicles, uh, you know, throughput on the traffic uh, lanes and, you know, is your, is your traffic light red, yellow, or green? But it truly is a much broader perspective than exactly. simply mobility. Very cool stuff. So why, why is it important for Deloitte to really examine this and, and, and be a thought leader when it comes to all things around smart, especially within smart cities? So when you think about smart cities, it's really about uh, movement of people and movement of goods and services. Right. And I, and I say that on, on a very broad basis. And if I, if I had to uh, give you an, a, bit of, a bit of appreciation of an, a, of an example that currently is underway here in, here in the city of Pittsburgh, yeah. it's the development of the Lower Hill. Wasn't that exciting when this was finally announced? This was finally announced. Right. And I, I was very fortunate to recently have the opportunity to participate in a forum 
where David Morehouse spoke about the development of the lower. And that was a Technology Council breakfast briefing. Which it was a Pittsburgh always happy Technology to partner Council with you guys in this briefing thing, right? that Deloitte, that Deloitte sponsored, along with Huntington Bank. And uh, you know, David did an outstanding job of bringing the audience up to speed of what's planned for the Lower Hill. But when you look at that development, it truly is embracing those six domains that I previously referenced yeah. to truly create an ecosystem. Let's walk through some of those then, because I think that's a great. I think this is a great way for us to kind of show what is what is a smart city by kind of going through what's going on in, in the uh, the Lower Hill. Sure. So you, know, you you talk about having living and health, for example. Right. So you, there 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 needs to be connective tissue not only with respect to living and health, but also the economy and the environment, as well as mobility. So one of the things that's inherent and embedded in the development in the Lower Hill is having green space, but having green space that truly serves a purpose with regard to the overall living experience. Right, exactly. And, and you know, when you think about technology in the living experience, and given that we're here in Western Pennsylvania, I could actually extend that even further okay. in the context of our senior population. Definitely. I think this is a really great point. Keep going on this. So, you know, over the course of the last several years, the United Way has really been focused on how do we keep our seniors safe and secure right. in the, and healthy in the very homes that they live in. And right now, you know, just for example, an app was developed where when Meals on Wheels shows up to deliver a meal, they are able to assess or look at the individual and determine whether or not something is different from the last visit. Hmm. And if it is, they they punch into the app what they see. Okay. It goes back to a central processing unit. Right. And there is follow-up thereafter. Wow. But imagine having the ability online real-time to have sensors in that senior's household that can detect their level of breathing their level of movement throughout the home right. and truly be able to pick up signs much more expeditiously that there might be an issue that needs to be addressed. Pick it up off the small issue before it compounds and becomes a larger, more costly, life-threatening issue as well. Absolutely. Too. So improving the quality of life because that person's staying in their home where they're comfortable. It's keeping costs out of the healthcare system. And it's all because we're putting smart technologies into a house. Absolutely. As part of a smart city. As part of the smart city. Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. That is so fascinating. So what else is, is part of the of the development in the lower hill that, that's really encapsulating these six domains of the uh, of the smart city. Well, clearly, when you look at the construction that's planned, okay, and the buildings that are going to be erected, they are smart buildings, and uh, one of the one of the uh, development or uh, architectural firms that's involved is the same firm that helped develop the PNC Tower. Oh, at Fifth and Wood, they know what they're doing. That's and a wonderful, they, beautiful building. They clearly have a perspective on how to make buildings green. Exactly. And so, when you think about the use of technology and energy efficiency, uh, the buildings in the Lower Hill are going to have all that embedded, so that they that they are green lead type of buildings. Exactly. And I feel like, I mean, as we continue to build more things, no matter where we are, this is the type of development we're going to have because it just seems like it's just what we have to do to plug in and to be a city that is going to be competitive and be healthy for its citizens. I would have to assume it is. And, and what and the other thing that is planned is truly providing visitors. Uh, to that development in the Lower Hill, an opportunity to have a true, complete client experience. Okay. So, again, it's just not about going to the hockey game. It's about everything around that hockey game. Exactly. Which is being technology-driven. Exactly. So I, 
with all the great work that we're doing here, and it was in 2017, we were part of the Smart Cities Challenge, and we didn't quite make it on the challenge. We were close. What can we have learned from that, and, and what, how can we take that and move forward and, and build off of the Smart Cities Challenge and learn from what maybe Columbus was doing since they were the, the big winner of the Smart Cities Challenge? Yeah, so Columbus, uh, you know, uh, to their credit, uh, was successful in, in winning the Smart Cities Challenge. They received a grant of uh, $40 million. Right. But I do think that there's some lessons learned from the journey that they've been on that we can pay forward here okay. in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, the one being is that uh, I think sometimes we have we get enamored with the shiny new ball. We do. Uh, yeah. I always do. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, Let's go new, chase after it. <laughs> the new technology, you know, the autonomous vehicle, uh, right. all, all that great stuff, and, and as we should. But I don't think that we can ignore the basics. And so when it comes to mobility, just for example, we need to make sure – that the current modes of transportation that we have, whether it be bus, um, whether it be bicycle, a trolley, mm-hmm. subway, uh, all those different uh, mediums of transportation right. are truly operational. Exactly. They're clean, they're efficient, and they do what they're intended to do. We need to make sure that our bridges and our roads and our infrastructure is uh, – can take on. Yeah, they're not crumbling underneath us. They're not us. crumbling yeah, underneath exactly. us. And so, you know, on a much more national basis, you look at some of the development and some of the movement within uh, the administration around on, on both parties looking at the need to improve infrastructure. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Because if we have the infrastructure in place, it's going to make the development and the evolution of smart cities that much easier. Not that it's going to be easy to begin with. No. But you clearly need the foundation and the basics in order to make it happen. And I feel like Pittsburgh's starting to put those pieces together. Yeah. I mean, it is happening. I mean, as evidenced by what's happening in the lower hill and and, and taking all these smart city uh, domains and putting them into the development space. It's going to be really fun to watch this come online. And to me, it's just super, super exciting. It is. And also, I mean, we also benefit from having, you know, not only academic institutions here in in Western Pennsylvania, like Carnegie Mellon and the University of Pittsburgh. Exactly. But also, uh, you know, mobility companies like Argo AI and Uber, uh, all very much at the forefront of this development and what it means to... I'm glad you brought that point up because it's so easy for me to forget because I'm just so used to seeing it every day. The fact that we are home to the top mobility companies in the world and that we have leading institutions like Carnegie Mellon and Pitt and Duquesne and Carlo, all the great universities that are really helping to drive this stuff here locally. We are very fortunate in that regard. Very, very cool stuff, like all the way around. So what are, what, what, what are some ways that people can learn more about this by, by going to Deloitte? And you have some really great in-depth studies. What can we glean from, from checking that stuff out? So all that you need to do is go to DeloitteNet.com okay. and look up Global Mobility. And there is a whole portfolio of information that truly takes a deep dive into the six domains that we referenced at the early part of this conversation. Very cool stuff. And uh, we have more of these conversations coming. This is why I love having Dimitri hang out with us because you're bringing us some great insights. And we're so glad to be partnering with you on bringing this to our listeners. What can we be anticipating in the future for future conversations around all things smart? All things smart, well, maybe we'll take into account smart entertainment. There we go. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. Super cool stuff, Dimitri. Pleasure as always hanging out with you. If you want to learn more, go to Deloitte.com. And once again, you're leading up Pittsburgh here. So glad to be doing what you're doing. Thanks, Jonathan. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more at pghtech.org. So glad you're listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh 
Technology Council. And as I always say on this show, the technology industry, it's really, it's an ecosystem. There's so many things that feed into the tech industry. And one of the most important things that feeds into our ecosystem is our colleges and our universities. And we have so many of them here in the region. And a lot of them, like, like the Carnegie Mellons and the Pitts, get a lot of the attention because they're doing some great work. We also have some smaller colleges and universities that are really doing some specialized stuff that are really addressing the needs within our community, within the tech ecosystem, really within the world in general, as far as, as I'm concerned. And what I find most interesting about some of the smaller universities is that they're so flexible and they're so nimble. Mm-hmm. They're able to see trends in the marketplace and react to them and provide skills to the people that need them like immediately. So we have no stranger to Tech 5 Radio. We have Mary Finger from Seton Hill University hanging out with us. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. It's great to be here. I always get pumped up learning more about what you guys are up to because there's so much going on. But before we do that, let's just level set with our listeners a little bit. Just give us a little background on Seton Hill because it's it's one of these universities where I mean, you've been around since 1918. We have. There's no messing around there. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, in fact, just celebrated our centennial. As you indicated, we were uh, founded as a four-year institution in 1918 rather, by the Sisters of Charity of Seton Hill. We've been around more than 100 years. We've been incredibly innovative throughout that time, uh, responding to both our students' needs and the needs of the community. Absolutely, right. And I also remind folks to you're not that far away from Pittsburgh. It's like it's a pretty quick drive. You shot right in here. You come to our podcast studios here, our Huntington Bank podcast studios. And so I really tell people, especially with, with continuing education, looking to get new skills, a lot of your programs allow people to go back to school and get those skills and get back into the marketplace. Absolutely. We're, thir- we're 30 miles uh, outside of Pittsburgh, and we have a, a very robust undergr- traditional undergraduate program, primarily residential. We've got great graduate programs, but we also, as you indicate, have online programs for adult students as well. And we've just taken all of our adult programs online. Ah, and, yeah, so there's so no excuse. Great. You only have to drive. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've made them really convenient for people. But you know what? I would drive because you have a beautiful campus. We have a gorgeous campus. I would roll really out there. Great. I would do half online and half there. We have that. We have that option as well. We have hybrid programs. The hybrid yeah, program, yeah. exactly. Right. So it's kind of fun to feel like you're going back to school, right? Oh, it's so great. Get the yeah. old, I never like, left. I'm on so, campus. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and so, how long have you been with the university for? Now? I'm finishing my fifth year as president. That's I'm the amazing. tenth president. The tenth president. Yeah. So, what's it like being president of a university? Oh, like it's this? it's amazing. It's an incredible privilege. We right. have a wonderful campus and a wonderful student body and an incredible faculty. So, I mean, it's we are meeting the needs of the future, and that's just an a wonderful and exciting uh, place to be in. Excellent. So you've got some exciting programs for us to talk about tonight. Where should we start? I know nursing is a big deal with you guys. We is, just is that, is that right. a good jumping off point? Sure, that'd be great. That'd Excellent. Be great. Yeah. So what's going on with the, the latest and greatest with the nursing? Because I know you keep adding new and different features in, in, in curriculum. What's going on? We do. We do. Well, we have a longstanding history of both being innovative um, as an institution and really creating programs that uh, are uh, responsive to the needs of the community as well as responsive to the needs of our students to make sure that they have the best preparation right. to, uh, uh, for, for their long-term careers as Absolutely. they possibly can. Um, and we've been in healthcare for a long time. We were one of the first physician assistance programs in the, really? in the region. Okay. Yes. So deep roots, deep, deep roots. Deep roots. Yeah. Deep roots. Wonderful facilities. We have, uh, we have a, a, a relatively new, uh, it's only been online for a few years, new uh, science building that's gorgeous, new nursing labs. Um, so we've 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 had a lot of healthcare related 
um, a curriculum for a long time. And we have exercise science, and the students from that go on to occupational therapy and physical therapy. We have a partnership with the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. So we've got a medical school wow. right on oh campus. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. It's great. Yeah. These so, are things that I'm so excited to get out because I think people just don't know this. You can cruise past the university possibly, and see yeah. and not know all this is going on. Right. It? We're up on a hill, but we're incredibly in the community. So that's that's the great thing. So nursing just made a lot of sense for us. And we also know that the need for nurses is just tremendous. Tremendous, both nationally and, and particularly here in Pittsburgh, because healthcare is such a strong part of our economy, and as well as in, and in southwestern Pennsylvania, it's kind of an aging population. So healthcare Definitely, is going to be yes. very important very long important. term. So it just made sense for us, and we were approved last December from the state board of of nursing, okay. Pennsylvania uh, Board of Nursing, to go ahead with a nursing program. And so we've only really been recruiting uh, for a few months now. And our first class, we're hoping to have about 25 students, and we're well on target to, to hit that and surpass that. Uh, we founded the program with a really wonderful grant from uh, uh, Dan Wukic, one of our trustees, okay. who uh, is uh, CEO of Health of uh, Quest Healthcare Development Program. Ah, and interesting. So, nice. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was great. Cool. It was it, it really wonderful. And so uh, the program is going to be named the Wukic School of Nursing. Sounds like an appropriate name for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. It all worked out. It all worked out. But but uh, I think there's three uh, really key uh, ways this program is different from some yeah, of the other programs. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, because you got to differentiate yourself. We do, days. we do. Right. Well, I think the one of the, and these are in no particular priority, sure. but um, we are making sure that our students um, get into uh, healthcare facilities in their sophomore year rather than their junior or senior year. I didn't realize it was that late. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, well, it depends. But, okay. but, but it's still by, junior. By it's like you're halfway over. Year, I'm thinking, right, right, right. So we want them in healthcare. Unless you're in the five-year program like me. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. So we want them in healthcare facilities. We want them to be really well prepared, and we also want them to know that this is really what they want to do in the long term. Definitely. Um, and uh, we also, I have relationships and agreements with uh, um, all the major healthcare uh, providers in the in Allegheny County, in Westmoreland County, even Fayette County. So we're with working with UPMC. We're so you know you got Allegheny a direct Hunters. line into the folks that they know the type of talent you're going to be putting out, and that they're going to be qualified for those jobs. Exactly. And if they're, exactly. They're there, like, come on, we're ready to hire you. Right. <laughs> Did you graduate yet? Exactly. <laughs> we need to start tomorrow. Right. And and they're and our students are getting a real wide variety of experience. So they'll okay. they'll be at Children's Hospital and they'll be at nursing facilities. Ah, so they're very gonna, cool. Right. They're going to get the whole continuum of of uh, clinical experiences. And so that's great. And the third area yeah. is, is we have always been uh, really um, on the cutting edge in terms of technology. We were the first school in the country to provide iPads to all our students. We've been an Apple distinguished really? school oh, since 2010. Since 2010? Yeah, right. So yeah, being wow, the, being the cool. first. And then you know, now now many schools do it. So it's just we second nature to you guys. Right? It You're is. like, whatever, man. <laughs> that was so 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so when we looked at nursing, we said, well, how uh, so technology is integrated throughout our curriculum. So our students graduate not just with professional development and the strong liberal arts right. background, but also knowing how to use technology in their particular See, fields. See, that is so powerful because I think that's yes. often it's missed and it becomes yes. another learning curve for someone when they're out of school or it puts them at a disadvantage. So having that extra bit of knowledge when they're out there in the workplace is just going to set them apart. It really does. And our faculty have done right? an extraordinary job of really integrating technology throughout the curriculum, and it, and, you know, it, whether, whether it's right. dance or cybersecurity. 
So it's really Either way, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's that's and that's what's so cool about the school. It's like literally you have that range from dance to cybersecurity, and do. there's a technology play going in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, why was it so important to put that tech play? I mean, you were really thinking forward almost ten years ago, saying you're going to integrate that into the school. Yeah, because I think that as you say, that it, it's another, it's an, it, it's something that students have to have when they graduate because otherwise they're they're learning on the job all the technology, right. and it, for example, in nursing we. Uh, we're utilizing uh, we're u- utilizing uh, virtual mannequins so that our students are able to check um, heart and lung right. capacity and really get a way before they're they're touching uh, a real patient. Exactly. <laughs> as, <laughs> they got as lots of practice. Before a lot the real of practice. Comes in. <laughs> right, right, right. They're also using virtual online simulation for case management and develop uh, clinical skills. They're also um, using videos and apps that we uh, on the iPads so I that they it. are. Yeah. They really have a comprehensive understanding of of uh, the whole skill set required for nursing, and then of course we have the, you know um, everything from smart medication carts so that they are distributing medicine at the appropriate level and documenting it. You guys have their bases covered we here. Do, My we do. goodness, what we did do. you not think yeah. of? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So you because you you want to make sure that when they graduate, right. they're able to just hit the ground running. They, they plug right into what's going on currently. Exactly. Uh, I'm assuming with many other schools that oftentimes like they're they're kind of. They can't be as nimble as you are because they kind of have many things that are set, and you can't just turn that ship at a bigger organization. Yeah. So you can actually pay attention to what's going on in the marketplace, provide that experience to the student now. They graduate, and they're, they have a really positive career in front of them now. Yeah. Well, we ha- we, uh, I think we've been really fortunate. We have very – you know, our faculty are very committed to our students in the long term, and that's been historic. But we have also has, have this Office of Innovation and Academic planning that was funded uh, through a grant from the R.K. Mellon Foundation that uh, really enabled us to as you say, be really nimble. And it was it was a, a bit of re- – we have a halftime director in that. Okay. And we've been able to uh, – and that person is really responsible for working with the faculty to get programs to market very quickly. Right. And to really do the analysis of what, what is what is the need in exactly. terms of employment in the region. And so we've been able to – in the last few years, we've gotten nine new programs wow. to market. Um, right. And we've cut our timeline down from 30, 24 to 36 months down to 9 to 12 months. That's that's incredible, and so yeah, and I think I, you know it, it all it all stems from having uh, having um, uh, staff and faculty really committed to the future. That's what it comes down to. I feel like we barely scratched the surface here. We only got about a minute or so left. Anything else that we should know about what's happening at Seton Hill? I just think that we are uh, that all institutions of higher education really have to be thinking about how to be nimble, how to be right. how to be responsive to the marketplace, and we've been really fortunate to to have this ability both through our funders and through our faculty and staff. And we're going to continue to be really nimble. We've got a few things in the pipeline. We're going to continue to look at healthcare programs, both as at the undergraduate level and the graduate level, as well as other programs, IT, um, uh, humanities. Uh, so that we are really making sure that our students in the future are able to hit the ground running, have wonderful careers, have great lives, and, uh, and we're really we're really happy to be able to do. You guys that. are definitely setting the pace for that. So glad I got to talk to you, Mary Finger, president of Seton Hill University. If people want to learn more about the university, where can they go? They, they can go to our our website, mm-hmm. www.setonhill.edu. Perfect, okay. great stuff. Thanks again, Mary. Thank Appreciate you. it. Sorry. Hey, so glad you made Tech Vibe Radio part of your Wednesday night. Keep tuning in every single Wednesday night. We have so many great stories like these, really showing what's happening here in Pittsburgh's tech sector. It's a great place to be. Lots to learn, lots to catch up on. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.com.
www.cameronintl.org. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.